What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. So I just got a call from Yair Marks. And? Andy would love to sit down with you so he could tell you all about his new company. It's a waste of time, Nikki. You got something better to do, Ari, or? Yeah, uh, Vince wants to find some French models to undress. Hey, Ari, I didn't pay for you guys to go down there to have a fucking vacation. Yair Marks is not a real buyer. Yeah, well, his money's real, okay? And until you find a realer one, I suggest you go over there and listen to everything he has to say. Nikki! Ari, I would have hired a sales rep if I thought you were going to be a pain in the ass. Nikki, listen to me. Shut the fuck up, Ari! This is my thing, okay? I'm in charge. All right, so get your ass over to the party with Vincent Walsh before I pull my credit card and you guys are paying for your own incidentals. We did it. Another Entourage season in the books. Welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you back from my studio in San Francisco, California. Hope everyone is quarantining safely. Spirits are up. I know you listened to last week's episode with Jerry Ferrara. Genuinely can't say enough about how enjoyable of an experience that was. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the positivity, all the words of support, and all the congrats I've received from everybody. Jerry's open to coming back on, so I want to keep that door open. For now, let's focus on ending Season 4 on a high note. Sean Jordan is a very funny comedian who is the co-host of the very popular All Fantasy Everything podcast. He co-hosts that with his good friend Ian Carmel, another very popular comedian. They talked about Entourage a lot. Big time fans. I talked to Sean right when this whole shelter-in-place thing kicked off. So this was before the Jerry conversation, so there is no Jerry talk. I don't refer back to my interview with him because it hadn't happened yet. Sean's knowledge of Entourage goes deep. He was referencing all these old quotes, all these old episodes. It's clear he knows what the hell he's talking about. So I really hope you guys enjoy it. It was a really awesome conversation. I hope someday when I can get on an airplane or just leave, I can go down to LA, sit down with both Sean and Ian and talk about another episode. Later this week, if you're listening to this on Monday, April 6th, later this week, check out our social media feeds because... We are going to be running a March Madness-style bracket for Best Entourage Quote from Seasons 1 through 4. I want to give a special shout-out to Robbie. Robbie works behind the scenes on a lot of the social media stuff. This was his idea. Make sure you follow the social accounts at OyaPod on Instagram and Twitter and vote for your favorite Seasons 1 through 4 Entourage Quote. I also want to give a special shout-out to listener Christian. Christian's a good dude. He's been following and listening since day one. He has a company called Lazy Gringo. Lazy Gringo is a clothing line that he and his friend created. It's really comfortable loungewear, hats, shirts. I really invite you guys to check this out. He sent me a pair of pants. They're the perfect, just kind of like loose and breathable type of wear you want to have during these times when we're trapped inside. I actually just got done wearing them as I was editing today's podcast. So if you're interested in some cool and comfortable clothing, head to lazygringo.store. The link is in the show notes of today's episode. Now, I wasn't paid anything to talk about Christian's company. These are crazy times we're in right now, and all I want to do is give back to you listeners. So, I want to tentatively open this up. If you are a small business owner, you have a company, you have something you want, other Entourage podcast listeners to know about, shoot me a message. DM me, 
at JR will do it, Instagram and Twitter. I will try my hardest to make sure your company name gets out there. Now, this podcast does okay. There aren't hundreds of thousands of listeners around the world. I just feel if this was Entourage and there was a quarantine and Turtle had started a small business, that Vinny would help out his boys. People helping people. So enjoy the season four finale. I will be in touch as to what we're doing in between seasons and when season five will start. Lots of things are happening right now. There's a lot in the air, a lot of question marks, to be honest with you. So a little patience. We'll get through this. Stay safe. Stay inside. I'll talk to you soon. All right. My guest this week is a stand-up comedian living in Los Angeles by way of South Dakota. In 2015 and 2016, he was named one of the comics to watch by Splitsider and Comedy Central. He's also the regular co-host of the wildly popular podcast, All Fantasy Everything. Dialing in from Portland, Oregon, Sean Jordan, welcome to the Entourage Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I, uh, I'm thrilled to talk about it. We've, uh, we used to sit and watch the show and just do, I bet, what we're about to do. <laughs> That's my first question for first-time guests is, what was your experience with Entourage? Like, when was it first introduced to you? Did you watch it all the way through? Did you see the movie in theaters? I did. We For like two weeks before the movie came out, we just kept, we'd look at each other and be like, the boys are back in a couple of weeks. We, <laughs> we were stoked. We went to, uh, it was the Avalon Theater on Belmont in Portland. That doesn't matter to anybody, but I have a very specific memory of it. Um, but the show, <clears throat> I remember when it came out, we... Uh, I was super into buying the DVDs. So mm-hmm. my, me and my friend Adam, we would sit and we'd watch it every Sunday. We had like a party because it, it was like um, Entourage. And then for a while it came out on the same, like Curb was with it. For a while yep. it was with Hung on HBO. But I remember every Sunday we would just have like a little watch party and we would all just sit there because I was probably, oh, what was I, 21, 22, something 2004 like that. it came out, 2004 okay. to 2011. Yeah, so I'd have been yeah, I'd have been like twenty two, and uh, we would just sit and we'd be like, "We're gonna do it. We're going. We're going to L.A." Because we all wanted to go when we were kids. We were all we thought, we all thought we were gonna go be professional skateboarders. So <laughs> our goal in general was to go to California. And as soon as we realized that wasn't gonna happen, we're like, "Well, dude, we one of us just has to do well, and then we can go to California. It'll be amazing and, and live off that one guy." <laughs> and I swear it was it served as a weird motivation almost my whole life. Uh, as something where you're like, okay, we are going to do this. It is possible. Random, normal people do that. Everybody starts as a normal person. Not that famous people aren't normal, but everybody starts with that goal or dream or whatever. And then, yeah, sometimes it happens. So that, I remember talking to my friend Adam every Sunday. We still talk about it. It's funny. (laughs) It's funny because this is the 55th episode of this podcast, I think. I've probably had on 50 different comedians actors personalities who have all told some version of that story because it's so inspirational obviously it's a wish fulfillment show it's a fantasy like that's not really what hollywood is like but there was some part of you that that stuck with and you followed that to where you are now and i'm so happy that you're here and you want to talk about it because this is a great show to talk about people love talking about it 11 years after the fact dude i mean we, because my friends have always been the most important thing in my whole life. I, my family was, they're fine, but <laughs> I didn't have, uh, it was, it's like my immediate family, like my, my mother, my stepdad, my sister, but like for the most part, my friends, my whole life have been my family. And that's all that shows. It focuses the whole point is that like, get your friends back no matter what. 
help whoever you can, whenever you can. Everybody eats, you know, like one person makes it, everybody makes it. And that honestly has happened now for a couple of us. And that was always the goal. Like we're just like, yeah, one of us wants to do well and bring everybody else on. There's a tad line for one of the seasons of the show. I'm not sure which it is, but it's fame changes and friends don't. And that has always been a very nice little truth, which I've always liked. Couldn't be truer. I mean, you see, you know, I I don't know like movie stars or anything, but you definitely in comedy or anything else, you start to branch out and you know people like uh, who write for television shows and who host their own shows and things like that. And you look and you're like, yeah, they're they're also just someone I ate buffalo wings with 10 years ago. I mean, <laughs> yep. they're still the same. You're still the same. You have to have that grounded sense of reality. It has to happen. And I think the biggest lesson you can take from something like that is be nice to everyone <laughs> because Dude. you never know. <laughs> yeah, man. Look at Vinny Chase. He was nice to every single But you know why? Because he was a nice guy. That's True. why. True. It's not. He wasn't faking it. He wasn't trying. And that's why he made it because he was a straight up nice dude. He was easygoing. He was calm. And that's what you need to do. 100%. I love your outlook already. Let's dive into the season four finale. Yeah. The Tan Kids. It's funny going and rewatching it because I, I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to rewatch. I could have just filled out the questions. Really? Just memory. That's great. Oh, of course. But <laughs> I, it, there's specific ones that I was like, I should probably watch it just to get like an exact answer. But yeah, I had favorite parts immediately. <laughs> this is also an episode that has a ton of moving parts, like almost a little too much, which we can talk about as we get into the Tatadors, but really quick, uh, just for reference points, I'd like to give a little time capsule. This episode aired on Sunday, September 2nd, 2007, just the day before in week one of the college football season. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest upsets in college football history. The Appalachian State Mountaineers defeated the Michigan Wolverines 34-32 to at Michigan Stadium. God, that's crazy. Michigan was ranked fifth in the preseason. They had a field goal blocked on the last play. The Mountaineers became the first FCS team to defeat a ranked FBS opponent since the creation of all the subdivisions in 1978. I remember where I was when that happened. <laughs> and this episode happened a day later. <laughs> that is, it's so funny thinking about how long ago it was. Oh, I love it. The finales also, they always had a lot of moving parts because they were they were trying to like just set it up for the next season. And also this is after they did the whole split up between season three, right? Because they mm-hmm. did the A and B in season three. Yeah, because of the writer's strike. Yeah, there was is that why that happened? That is why that happened, yeah. I never knew that. That's inter- I was always wondering why they did that, because it was it felt odd to me. But yeah, okay. Well that's good to know. I like yep. that. In this episode, the toast of Tan is buzzing with celebrity arrivals and the promises of a big payday for Vince. When the crew's once prospective financier, Prince Yair, offers to buy Medellin sight unseen for $35 million, it appears both objectives may be satisfied. Johnny Chase meets a beautiful girl named Jacqueline. Apparently, Viking Quest is huge in France, but when he takes her back to the hotel, the manager kicks him out for throwing a fit over his modest room. Unable to reconnect with his newfound love, Drama wanders the beaches in search of her. Yair catches wind of a studio deal the boys are about to make with Dana Gordon and offers $75 million directly to Nikki Rubenstein. Unable to argue with Tash like that, Vince and the company are all smiles as they follow the red carpet into their premiere. However, the crowd's booze at the end of the film give way to Yair immediately backing out of the deal, and with nowhere left to turn, Ari accepts a bat-handed offer of $1 from Harvey Weingard, banking on the studio head's financial savvy to dead them out of the hole. Sean, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? The, my favorite moment was when Drama 
when he so after he, he loses his girl and he's walking around and there's that citizen cope song playing uh that like uh-huh. crazy dramatic song that creation super like kind of depressing <laughs> let the drummer yeah, let the, and he's just walking around like a lost dog and you're just like it's not that big of a deal <laughs> that that's one of my favorite things about the show in general is they can just do that it's it's you're just like man he this is the end of his world but you're like in the grand scheme it's it's not that big of a deal my friend you'll you'll be all right and the citizen cope song was just such a perfect little icing on it that made it so funny to me excuse me oui? do you know this girl uh, no no maybe you've seen her no désolé uh, how about you ladies have you seen this girl at all by any chance no but she's pretty sorry yes <laughs> oh yeah, we will talk about the music in this episode because there is a lot of it. Classic drama. He's known the girl for like 90 minutes. <laughs> he, well, he's and love. like did it to himself, which is textbook drama too. Just pride gets in the way. Yep. They had a room. He was fine. It didn't need to be any turtle would have swapped him rooms. I mean, if like they could have just did what they were going to do sure. and then he could have been like, all right, turtle, take my room. And he'd be like, fine, I don't care. I mean, you know, it, it he just put his got in his own way like he always did and uh and it fucked him drama is a horse before the cart guy 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i mean i love it it's it's like probably like my third favorite part of the show in general it's like <laughs> how he gets in his own way all the time and like his vernacular and how he just steps on himself i love it it's definitely so so mine is, and this might be a little prejudiced because I'm the host of this podcast. I talked about the show every single week, but Sean, honestly, when Medellin bombed at the end of the episode, oh. it was a big weight off my shoulders moment. I love it. Thanks for not telling me this movie, Ari. It's the one nice thing you've ever done for me. And congratulations, Yair. I hear it's all yours. I never signed anything. What are you talking about? That's the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. Yair, we have a deal, right? Sue me. My company's based out of Dubai. Good luck. I'm sorry, Vince. you French faggots going? Show some respect for the below-the-line people and watch the credits. What, no Q&A? It was almost like we were stumbling to this ending and it had just gone on for so long. They have been talking about Medellin since the second episode of season two. You sure? It has been that long of a story arc and this was nice. It felt, it was such like a wah, wah, you know, like... I liked it because I knew that, like, okay, better things are coming, hopefully. Well, then we've known it was a shitty movie for, like, uh, what, in their life, like, um, I don't know, two years or three years? Like, yep. as as an audience, we've known, and we're just like, rip the goddamn Band-Aid off. Exactly. Like, just let's get it out to the world, let Vince bounce back, because you know he's gonna. So, <laughs> just, this, let's just, so I was, I was happy when, I wasn't happy about the booze, I felt bad for everybody, but it was nice that the world got to find out, finally. So that's my like kind of convoluted favorite moment. I also just love Billy f- having one final meltdown. Show some, some respect. respect. <laughs> 
What? No Q and A. I was just watching. Um, oh, what did I, I just watch something? God, I wish I would. Yeah. Anyway, I saw him in a different movie. I haven't seen him in a different movie. I don't know if ever. And God, we were just watching it this last weekend. Anyway, he was playing. He was in a band. Well, nothing great there. But anyway, it was fun seeing Billy Walsh in a different role because he's one of those people where I'm hustlers like, finding Steve McQueen, a million little things. That is IMDb up right here. Gotti? No, he's not in Gotti. Uh, yeah, Maverick, the Mitch. No. Yeah. No, you know, I'm going to look. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Hey, I'll spark it. I'm going to look right now. All right. It's the fun of doing this. I Definitely. can just sit and check. Definitely. But anyway, I, I do love seeing Billy. I just love seeing Billy freak out whenever he does because he always does. Yeah. This was like his 12th freak out this season. And I was a little fatigued with him as, as we've talked about in this uh, in this pod. Sean, what was your favorite bros being bros moment? And this is just a moment of male friendship that's relatable. It's well, it's tricky to pick because that is. That is this show. True. Um, but in this particular episode, I do like when, uh, and I've always, I've liked it in a few episodes where um, E offers to buy Vince, or Vince offers to buy E out. Uh, he's like, because he's like, we want our money back. Yeah. And Vince, you know, all five million or whatever. And he's like, and the 270 grand I put up. And Vince says like, dude, I'll, I'll buy you out right now. Just say the word. And he goes, no, nah, man. Does nobody but me think we should seriously consider this? No. It's a good money offer, yes, but do you really want to be the guinea pig in this guy's new distributing the company? The guy's not going to sink $35 million into a movie and just let it die, Ari. He, I know you're nervous. He's but not you're... nervous. He's a class A pussy. A pussy? Nobody's seen the movie yet. We got an offer that can get us all our money back. It's never been about the money. Well, it became about that when we emptied our bank accounts and put every dollar we had in the world into it. Who cares about money? You didn't put any in, so why would you, Billy? I told you I'd buy you out. Just say the word and you have no risk. And no reward. Is that what you want? E. In or out, it's up to you. I'm in. I'm in. You sure? She can come by and shine up Vince's Oscar anytime. I'm in. Big balls for a little man. I love it. Let's call Nikki and see if he's got him as well. So I just, I do like that where he just sticks by him all the time because he knows that Vince would do the same for him. And by the way, it was an, it was an episode of um, the sketch comedy show on Netflix, the Tim Robinson show. Oh, Billy wow, Wa- that's Billy Walsh right. is, he's uh, like a guitar player in there. I think you should leave as one of the funniest shows on television or on streaming. Yeah. So if everyone who's quarantined right now, give that a watch if you haven't. Yeah, we just watched a ton of it. But anyway, that was the moment where uh, I I liked it the most because it's E being like, I'm, I mean, I'm with you, dude. Yeah. No matter what, doesn't matter. I'm here. So yes, let's, if it's all your money, it's going to be all my money. And that in an earlier episode too, that was the same vibe where he's like, you know, I'm not putting in as much as you, but I'm risking as much because it's yeah. all, everything I got. So I just love that vibe that they have. Vince never humors him. He never treats him like with kid gloves or pretends that like, you know, his contribution isn't as important. So I, I get that. That's a very brotherly thing because of course. we've had that. And it is the respect given to that too. Yeah. He doesn't be like, well, I, you know, I pissed 270. He doesn't say like textbook stuff. He's yeah. just like, yeah, it could, you know, it could be like turtle putting in a thousand. He yep. would still treat it as his five million. Definitely. My favorite bros being bros moment is after they checked into the hotel and drama finds out that he doesn't have a room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're arguing over who has to split a room with drama, and they're all like, "No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it." And fucking French cocksuckers. This is like Sundance all over again. Can you stay with Evans, please? I'm not staying with Eve. No, you're not. You're not staying with me. I'm not staying with anybody. Sleep on the sand. They said they'd have a room for you in a couple hours. Just relax, guys. Yeah, well, they better, because I've been dreaming about this trip for months. Picturing myself out on my balcony, overlooking... What's that water they got out here? Perrier. 
The Mediterranean. The Mediterranean. Me and some French beauty locked up in our own last tango in Paris kind of way, living off Dom Perignon and profiteroles and doing nothing but fucking. You can't find anyone to fuck in L.A. drama. What makes you think you're going to find someone here? Because I'm a celebrity out here, Billy. Uh, you're a celebrity in L.A., Johnny. Not like France. In France, I'm a Viking god. <laughs> a Viking god? Well, you doubt that? Check French Amazon's top sellers. Viking Quest has been on there as long as Dark Side of the Moon. I, that, I've been there. Like, I've been there, whether it's <laughs> Vegas, whether it's on a bachelor party, or just, you know, at some point, you just get too old to be split in a room with another dude. With at drama's age, you're certainly too old. You know what I mean? And I just, I just liked that. It just was very relatable in a crazy moment where they're getting these like four beautiful sweets handed to them on the south of France. Yeah, it's so funny too when they when they're all like, "You find a girl, we'll give you the room." And then he finds a girl. He's like, "Let me get that room key, turtle." He goes, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, you're on your own drama." I like that too. No. That was a nice little moment. Yeah, that was funny. What a. What was your least favorite moment in this week's episode, Sean? It's usually my least favorite moment of every episode, and it's the amount of stress it makes me feel when things go wrong. Because there's, Ian and I have talked about this a bunch with Entourage. There is a, it the beginning of the episode, they solve the problem from the last episode. Mm -hmm. And in the middle, everything's fine. And at the end, there's another huge problem. <laughs> and in this one, when Ari has to, like at dinner, when he gets that call from... Uh, uh, Nikki Rubenstein, yep. and he he's just like, I sold it, 75 mil, I'm doing it. And it's just like watching Ari go through that because you're like, ah, yeah, he is a good dude. or He, tr he tries his best to be. Like deep down, he's a good guy, and he sure. thinks of Vince as a son. And he just watching him have to go through that. And also, he has to lie to Dana Gordon again. Can you imagine if you knew someone in your life that fucked you over that much? How They'd get maybe two strikes with me, but she gives him like 30 strikes. And you're like, man, again with this. And this one wasn't really his fault, which makes me feel for him even more. I realized that in rewatching this. A lot of this is on Nifty Rubenstein. Well, yeah, because he's such a selfish little, I mean, he's just sitting there doing blow on house arrest. And you're like, yeah, what a baby. Yeah. <laughs> If, if he hadn't just, like, jumped the gun and wanted to accept the first offer that came across the table and then went behind, like, the money people's back and, or, like, the management's back and, and accepted the offer, it just wouldn't be, you're right, as stressful as an episode. But an argument could be made that, like, all of this is manufactured stress because these aren't real problems. <laughs> yeah, well, and, but it, so having just a, a little taste, having lived in L.A. and things, and mm -hmm. just when when something seems like it's the end of the world and then a year later you look back and you're like, oh yeah, that didn't matter. Yeah. But that stress it is, is so heightened in somewhere like Los Angeles or when this kind of stuff is on the line. So now that I've felt a just tiny little taste of that, it even more where I'm just like, oh, oh my God, that, oof, my guts. Like I can feel, I start to turtle up and my shoulders go in, you know? Yep. Like not like turtle from the show, but like I just, I my body language closes yeah. in on itself. You shrink in. Because I just, I get so stressed for him. But yeah, that was my least favorite because I just get, I felt it. I felt the stress for Ari and my stomach hurt. That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> it is showbiz. That's such a bummer that it is. Nikki, my man, listen, I just got you a real studio offer and then I get you back every dollar that you put in. That's terrific, Ari. Um, I just got off the phone with Yair, who offered me 75 and I took it. <laughs> Line me up some rails, bitches, because we're celebrating! Woo! We did it. We, we fucking did it, Ari. <laughs> Dana? Thank you. 
All right. Cheers. Cheers. My least favorite moment, I didn't have a problem with this because the writing is so funny, but Yair basically offering women to everyone that's on the boat is like, uh, all right, <laughs> like, are these women not human beings? Like, you know, kind of an ass man myself, but they'll do. Genevieve, Genevieve, boy, boy, mama. You take these men down to the guest bedroom to give them your best blowjob, huh? <laughs> A thousand thanks. <laughs> now we men will go down to my estate room. We talk. I'm gonna get my balls licked later. <laughs> Can't help you there, Billy. Dude, it's insane when he says that girl has the best cans in can, and you're like, holy buckets, dude. It offers drama all the women. You girls, excuse me for a moment. Hey, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. You pick any of these girls, nail yours, huh? The one on the left, Cara, her pussy is as soft as potassi silk, huh? The short-haired one, Nadia, she is a gymnast. She will hang upside down from the ceiling as you tickle her asshole. Ah, Cecilia, she is my favorite. She has the best cans in can. So you choose. Whichever you wish, she is yours. Well, thanks, Jair, but I, I don't need a girl. Just a warm bed if you got one. Of course I have one of those. Please. Take Cara, too. Thanks, but really, I can't. Why not? Because I'm in love. Are they high-end Middle Eastern prostitutes? I get it. I get it. He is a billionaire. He is a prince, a whatever. This... He's trying to be cool, and that's like the way the way he knows how. He's <laughs> like, whatever you want. You're like, yeah. <laughs> But there's a little something gaudy and tacky about it, which is done intentionally. I mean, he's got the gold Rolexes. Well, and dude, the, totally. Like... That shirt just looks like like the inside of a tiger's butthole where you've got one shirt he's got on the on the boat and you're like dog you're a billionaire you... a white t-shirt would say it's so much better but no he's got he's flashy man that's yeah. his whole deal he's supposed to be that kind of like cheap flashy like mysterious middle eastern money that's what's always so funny to me about him and just like kind of that type of characters because if you just saw him walking at like a mall in mm-hmm. you know like if you saw him at the americana in glendale you'd be like that dude's probably all making like 50 grand a year. Yep, <laughs> but in this is like a, a billionaire. Really quick, this isn't my least favorite moment. I just didn't know where to fit this. What is Turtle doing at all these negotiations with the studio? Why is he at the table? Like, that's same the, thing. That's the thing, man. They does it, He's just ride or die. He's part of the crew. $15 million. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll keep quiet, but. 15 mil. Come on, I didn't really cancel my massage for this, did I, Dana? What? Your budget will be first to be recouped upon the film's release. No way. We need much more up front. But there is no more. Come on. You can do better than that. Richard doesn't really believe you have another offer, Ari, so that's it. Take it or leave it. Well, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to leave it. It's funny that he's there because he's like, especially somebody in that kit where it's like matching flat bill, matching polo all the time. (laughs) And you know all the studio heads are looking over like, Man, I'd love to say something, but yep. Vince is here, and I don't want to try to dog boy. on his boy. Because, so, you know, what are they going to say? Get your boy out of here, and he'd be like, well, I'm leaving then. Yep. Because I like how, like, the lore of, like, in, in this in this universe, Hollywood knows that they're all, like, such a tight crew. Mm-hmm. So most of these theater heads and things know to not rip on one of his boys, because then it's just going to piss off Vince, and then he'll dip. Exactly. And I bet that comes from... Something with Wahlberg, since this is loosely based on... I mean, you, I can just picture Wahlberg rolling 
four or five deep into every business meeting he was ever in. Well, yeah, and the pilot he had, those were his, that yeah. was his crew in the original pilot. And just imagine those dudes rolling in because they look a little gnarlier than like your turtles and your dramas. These dudes look like they would kick the shit out of you. <laughs> Fun fact about his original crew, which I mentioned when we recorded the pilot episode of this podcast, you know, a year or plus ago. The uh-huh. original turtle was actually named Daunty, and he died after filming the pilot of Entourage. Oh, that sucks. So he never got to see his like where they walk past and they and t- Marky Mark goes to drama. He's like, let's tee it up. Yep, that's the moment. Yep. Shortly mm-hmm. after that, in the same summer, the gentleman who's his driver and his guy, Daunty, passed away. So he never got to see the eight years and this turtle glow up that happens on the show based upon him, which is super sad. Yeah, that is sad, man. What a bummer. I did not know that. Sean, what is the most entourage moment of this episode? And that can mean literally what it sounds like. Uh, I So with the most entourage episodes, they, they always do this. They do it in almost every episode where they start and they're all walking mm-hmm. and they they have a long conversation while they're walking. And that's always my favorite part. Uh, like my mo- the most entourage part is because they all like they just get off the plane yep. and it's Ari and then the four of them. And they're just walking, having a bunch of dialogue up to whatever they're doing. Like if they're going to lunch or if they're going in this in this situation, they're like just going into the hotel. Yep. And they always like they snap on Turtle and E and drama. Nobody ever snaps on Vince. It's always like Turtle talking Vince up and then someone being like, well, I'll get a girl. And then they're like, nah, Vince will get one for you. Something like that. <laughs> and it's, it's a fun formula that they do in like at least half the episodes. But that was my favorite entourage part where they just walk up and they're just bullshit and ripping on each other. Cause that's what you do. Yeah. I had the exact same moment. They arrived to can on a speedboat. They walk off onto the pier and Eric Murphy says, wow, three years and a 14 hour flight later, we finally uh-huh. arrive, yep. which is the most entourage line because they love <laughs> to pat themselves on the back for how far they've come. Dude, they should. Cause I'll tell you that, I mean, that was not an easy journey. I'm sure, sure. like for anybody to do. Uh, and they did it like, you know, they're walking and talking to the hotel. They have no bags, by the way, they just, <laughs> their bags are somewhere else. Wow. Three years and a 14 hour flight. We finally arrived. Pretty amazing. Jumping on the bandwagon a little last minute. <laughs> No, he's being positive, and I appreciate it. Yeah, but the big question is, can he stay positive the whole time? I am positive he cannot. Oh, come on, guys. Let's give him a chance. He had his chances all year. We should have left him in the States. Why does it feel like you did? The thing about negativity is it breeds bad outcomes. I begged you to watch The Secret. I watched The Secret drama. I just don't buy that you can get a Ferrari by just wishing for one. Well, I wish for an Aston Martin got me one. Vince got you one, Turtle. Yeah, but I wish that Vince would be a big enough star so he could afford to get me one. Thanks, Turtle. doesn't matter what any of you wish because you are with the master of the universe. And he will deliver a sale of Medellin not to be believed. I sure hope so. No need to hope, Vince. This film will sell itself. Ari will be nothing more than a marionette that shakes his head yes or no or says double your off. Do you believe that, E? I do, Vince. I do believe it. I need you to believe it. Don't lie to me. I need you to really believe that this movie's good and will sell. I do. Do you believe him? No. You know, they're either walking down Melrose, like going to get E a present because he screwed up with a girl, (laughs) or like they're all going to meet at some place where I know for a fact that you can't just go get lunch unless you're someone like me. So it's it's just so fun when that happens. And it's always such carefree, mindless, meaningless banter, which is what you do with your friends. It's like the best part of having friends. Definitely. Sean, what was your favorite line or quote from this week's episode? 
Well, I like, are we going like uh, Biggest Burn? Is that what we're doing right now? We're doing quotes, but that can also wrap into Biggest Burn. They're all the same. I mean, <laughs> it's just whatever whatever tickled your fancy the most. Well, I do, and this would probably fall right under a uh, quote, but it was my biggest, like my favorite burn when uh, Drama's trying to get his room. Yep. And he goes, you wouldn't treat George Clooney like this. And the guy goes, ah, Monsieur Clooney, the film actor. And then he just steps back and he's like, keep testing me, pal. That's such a burn. He, like he just ripped his face off so hard when he says the film actor, where you're just like, ooh, dog. <laughs> he, and it's only an insult that like is super over the top for Johnny Drama. It's almost as if the hotel manager knew that would like stick it in his craw a little bit. Of course, I'm sure he could tell because he didn't. You could see that he knew. But I'm yeah. sure he kind of gathered through their dialogue at how upset he was with his room that if he said something biting like that that it would just be like ooh dog and it did that's exactly what you would say to someone like drama to get him going i'm an american citizen you can't treat me like this please mr chase calm your voice don't tell me to calm down i booked this room three months ago confirmed it a dozen times at least but we have no record of it and now you want the honeymoon suite but i am afraid it is occupied by who honeymooners what does it matter you would never treat george clooney this way ah monsieur clooney film actor Oh, keep pushing me, buddy. Are we finished here? No, I want my suite! Well, there is nothing that can be done about that. So why don't you stop acting like a spoiled vulgar American and enjoy your stay? Fuck you. I beg your pardon? You heard me, you pompous French fuck. Fuck you! I would like you to leave my hotel and never return. I'd like to see you make me. <laughs> Marcel! Show Monsieur Chase to the curb. Get your fucking hands off me. Okay, okay. Let me just go up to my room and get my girl, okay? Hey, someone go up to room 402, get my girl. Tell her Tarvold will be waiting for me. Get your hands off me. I loved all of dramas essentially about Viking Quest in France. He turns to Billy's like, they love Viking Quest in France. And Billy's like, what the hell is Viking Quest? <laughs> like, like he, you know, he doesn't care what drama's been in. And he's like arguing with the guys in the hotel hallway. He's like, in France, I'm a Viking god. And Turtle's like, a god? And he's like, check French Amazon's top sellers. Viking Quest has been up there as long as Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, there was another, now I'm thinking of, there's another line that Billy said, because he's always, He's so matter of fact, like I have, I can't go to like a strip club. I just, I can't do it. I can't, I just don't have like, I don't have that part in me. I I don't have any confidence. I can't even look up. Billy, there's a line. I think after Turtle goes with that girl and Billy just stops, he goes, I'm going to get my balls licked later. And then they just keep walking and you're like, God, you are that guy, aren't you? Yep. You're a strip club guy. Vince is like, yeah, I can't help you with that one, Billy. And Billy's just like, I don't care. I barely meant it. Yep. You can just see in his eyes, he's like, I'd like to, but I really yep. don't care. I could just just as soon go find a bottle or whatever. Or look at this dope watch I'm going to get. Don't worry. I'm sure Yair can point in that direction pretty quickly. <laughs> God, I know. For someone like Billy, that's such a trap, too. Yep. Nick Rubenstein's on the phone with Ari. He says, I'm right, this is very stressful, Ari, okay? I've been sober for nearly a year, which is not easy with fucking enablers around. Party pooper. Plus, I'm having some financial difficulties. Like what, the cup holder in your Bugatti is broken? No, no, I got smoked by this cocksucker's hedge fund gone bad, okay? I'm in really bad shape, right? If I don't get my money out of this film, I'm gonna have to move to the fucking valley. Ew. Right, can you two shut the fuck up? I'm not paying you to talk. Oh, you know, that was another, Nikki Rubenstein had another funny line where he said, he's like, something just like, uh, well, you better fucking figure it out, Ari. And then he hangs the phone up and he goes to the girls that he's with. He goes, sorry, I snapped. He, <laughs> before, that, before that, he was just saying the rudest stuff to them. Like, I'm not paying you to talk. And he was like, geez, dude. 
And then when he comes over, sorry, I snapped. Like an apology like that is just very funny to think about. Yep. Um, for Burn, there aren't a lot other than I liked Harvey just going, you know why I'm mad? It's because I hate this little fucking prick right here. This little yeah. fucking prick right here. It's like <laughs> you see the temperature rising in the guy in a very public setting. Not since the Nazis stormed these beaches as a bigger group of scumbags muddied these clear blue waters. How are you, Harvey? I'm well. I understand you guys have a hot little property. Well, I heard that you had an offer. Who'd you hear that from? I have an assistant who keeps his ear to the ground. Who's it from, Universal? Can't really talk about that right now. But if you want to get in the mix, we're ready to listen. Not if they froze my balls in dry ice. Not if they stuck my dick in a lawnmower. And you know why? It's not because I don't think it might be a good movie. It's because I hate this little fucking prick right here. This little fucking prick. What the fuck are you doing? You know what? I am just apologizing for my man's indiscretion earlier I with see. a hug. That's okay. it. Okay, dunk. I gotta get a drink before I kill someone. <laughs> All right, Harvey. All right. Harvey, okay. what the hell was that? Come I'm just on. trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat for you, Vinny. Yeah, I mean, it's because we hadn't seen Harvey. Uh, the last time we saw Harvey was when they were dragging him out of Sundance, right? No, uh, dragging him out of a bar after E oh, and Vince that's kind right. of. Because E, that was the whole where E's like, I'm not scared to tell him. And then he finally he's like, all right, I'm kind of scared to tell him. And the waiter gives him a vodka cranberry. That's right. Why would I order a vodka cranberry? And the waiter, I do remember what, because the waiter's like, I don't know, but you did. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's happening. But yeah, when the waiter said that to him, you're just like, holy buckets, dude. And then isn't that the one where drama's like, hey, Harvey, we're yep. not doing your fucking movie. Yep. He's like, your career is over. You'll never work in this town again. And drama goes, she's talking about E, right? <laughs> yeah. And he gets all scared. You can see it. But yeah. Perfect. Okay, music. Every week, Sean, we talked about our favorite songs in this week's episode of Entourage. We have a playlist called Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music. Mm -hmm. It's in the show notes of uh, today's episode. You can access it there. There are 17 songs in this episode of Entourage. There, Yeah, dude, there's always, they've always had such a bang. Like, Entourage is where I found out about Obi Trice. Yep. Uh, when the boys are back, or uh, what is it, Sundance, Sundance. Kids? sits they want to know where they're walking off the plane yep and it's where i first heard lucifer yep. uh, from jay-z it was and the, the end of like the, yeah the pilot they have so much good music and but this week it, my favorite song in the episode was new shoes in the background where drama's on the boat uh where it's i can't wait tell me what it's all about i love that song and they just kind of sneak it in yeah it's while they're sitting down with the ear getting the watches given to them it's when drama's up top dancing um that's right on the heels of the Macarena, the original version. <laughs> Look at all the girls, this might not be so bad after all. Yeah, if I had a room, it would be phenomenal. You know what, Drama? You get a girl, you have my room to yours as rent. Or mine. Okay, Hot Shots, <laughs> give me a case. Just know, once I go in, I ain't coming back out. Oh, get the girl first, all right? And then we'll talk. All right. Hey, you're a tough one. That's right. The keys, Tarvald. The keys. That, it's uh, drama doing the Macarena with all, like he's in full clothes. Everyone else is like in a bikini, right? Yep. <laughs> he's, not the, he's not the fedora. He's not like a suit jacket. I mean. Total drama move. We mentioned Let the Drummer Kick by Citizen Cope. Very God, melodramatic. <laughs> so, such a dramatic ass song. That's like what you would see in a movie if like somebody just kicked heroin, but then they yep. get home and they found out like, 
their wife left and all their bills were past due. And they're just like, why did I even kick heroin? And, and they're wandering like, around trying to find a fix or something. The gravity of that song begs for something like that. Not like, have you seen this girl? Have you seen this girl? I really want to fuck her. Showing on his T-Mobile flip phone. Can you see it's, this? Pixelated. It is hilarious, dude. And everyone's like, no. That's, I've always wondered, like, in a movie, because they do that in movies where they just walk up to random people. Like, have you seen this person? Yeah. That's never happened to me. Ever. It'd be so funny if it did, if someone just had a picture. Like, have you seen them? You'd be yeah. like, I doubt it. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember who I I, n- I don't know. Unless they had, like, like a knife sticking out of their side or something. Exactly. I'm not going to, you know, I didn't just see that girl. Yeah, maybe I just don't have, like, a memory for faces, but I don't think anyone could show me a picture of anyone I'd come across in the last 24 hours and be able to recognize them. Yeah, no. I God, I bet I've seen 100 people today. I wouldn't be able to tell you if any of them were even guys. I have no idea. There's one more song that plays it's like during like a transition moments about 20 minutes in it's just like it's b-roll of tan the morning after the party and it's come around by mia featuring timbaland it's another like early 2000s kind of hip you know mia and timbaland at the time were like two of the biggest musical acts in the world and it's just kind of a weird transition song but it's always stuck with me as like a song from entourage so big fan of that as well do they kill it uh honestly the music is on point always in the show it's always been one of my favorite things what was uh, this is kind of a combination question but like what was outdated about this episode maybe in terms of references or just maybe how would it be different if it aired in 2020 i think many because that many ian would have surely leaked somebody would have leaked it yeah like definitely the movie would have been out everybody would have known it either would have been uh bad or good but everybody would have known long before and also drama would have had that girl's number immediately. Yep. So he just been able to find her. <laughs> uh, social media is what I was going to say. They lose each other. Yep. She DMs him and he's like, Oh, there she is. <laughs> Absolutely. Wouldn't have mattered one bit. Social media is such a fun thing to think about if it was all going on. Yeah. Cause watching that, like, especially going through and rewatching it. Cause sometimes our friend will come down. We have a friend who's super into her. She'll come down to LA and uh, we'll just sit and like rewatch almost all of it and seeing the progression of like, like there's that one episode when Turtle walks out, or no, it's it's uh the um the Park City episode, the Sundance yep. Kid. Drama's got that gigantic iPod after they have a threesome, and <laughs> he's just you're sitting there and you're like, man, that looks dumb. But at the time, you're just like, man, what a that's so cool. But that iPod's just so big. Or when Turtle's like uh, giving out sidekicks for shoes or what or entry into a club, yep. and you're Side like, oh, <laughs> so funny. But yeah, social media would have been fun seeing them like go live on Instagram or like what Vince was going to tweet or just handling tweets. Cause it would have been E handling his tweets. Yep. I think the one way this episode would be different is all of these agreements that they're making, like about purchasing this movie, they're all handshake agreements. So if yeah. it was 2020 in real life, Ari would have someone at the Miller gold agency, like updating a contract and then Dana Gordon or Yair Martz or Harvey Weingart or whoever would sign it digitally from their cell phone and the deals would be done i don't think it operates as loosey goosey in 2020 if i'm being honest no i I don't think it does either i mean i it's hard to believe that it did then but you know you had you did actually have to sign some stuff so yeah there they didn't have the ability to like e-sign or whatever uh so yeah i I think they would definitely just be like all right at the table right now give me your finger even just sign right here's a contract on this ipad or whatever yep and we're all set to go. There'd be no backing out, or if there was, it'd be a whole legal thing. I get it. It's Entourage. They're not going to show all that stuff, but <laughs> just interesting. Um, 
faces in the crowd. We have a lot of people in this episode who have shown up in previous episode who I've featured as a faces in the crowd award. The only one I'm gonna like talk a little bit about is the actress who plays Jacqueline. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't even know that episode aired because we got canceled in the middle of shooting it. Well, it aired here. I must have seen it a hundred times. A hundred? Come on. I do not exaggerate. My whole family, especially my father, was obsessed with Viking Quest. At 9 p.m. every Thursday, he'd yell, Venez vite, c'est le temps du tarbol! Really? Oui! He even bought my brother um, the uniform that you don't on the show for his birthday one year. And he'd wear it so proudly, even though his muscles are not as big as yours. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> amazing is meeting you here. Yeah. So, shall we go back to your town? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if we wait about 30 minutes and then walk really slow, our room should be ready. Julia Levy Boten. She's a French actress. She's in other stuff? She's in other stuff. Yeah, she's had a nice little career. French okay. actress, born in Paris. She's the daughter of two Dutch filmmakers. She was, uh,. In a film when she was 14 years old, she made an appearance in World War Z. She has like 14, 15 credits to her name, like still working to this day. Uh, one of these girls who's beautiful and you just know that like just missed the social media thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just a little bit on the wrong side of whatever it is that every other actress is like super popular all over the place on social media. So I don't know. She's in one of those road trip uh sequels she was in a couple episodes of Malcolm in the middle like she, she's 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 made a name for herself for sure crazy yeah i didn't i really didn't have anyone i it's tricky for the ones they go overseas yeah because they're not you know there's no cameos or anything like it like in the la ones they're full of them and there's also just people who are in other stuff all the time that you see but yeah and these i didn't there wasn't there wasn't too much for me i guess actually i haven't talked about yair marks he's Actually, the actor himself, Asif Cohen, is from the Bay Area. He grew up in Pal Palo Alto, went to Berkeley, went out to the East Coast, graduated with a master's in uh, acting at Rutgers. He's worked pretty regularly. He has the honor of being killed by Kiefer Sutherland twice in the show 24. Season 4 and in season 8 playing two separate terrorists, which is... Was he were they twins or was it just racist? I think it was just racism. <laughs> God, that's a bummer. <laughs> that's like uh, no that's like a notice. featured fat on his IMDb, which is like, oh boy. God, that's nobody will notice. Just come come on back in. We, yeah, right, right. They don't even like try to write like a brother plot or anything. They were just like, nah, we'll just make it. I mean, I haven't watched twenty four. I might get you know, someone might DM me or tweet us. I'd like to know. Yeah. I'd like to know. Someone tell somebody me. Somebody please let us know. All those 24 heads. Who would you give the Sits Man Award to this episode? Adam Goldberg, man. Every yeah. time. Every episode he's in, uh, he always gets it like that one on Yom Kippur. I mean, he's always getting the Six Man Award whenever he makes, whenever he shows up. Just the nervous, neurotic energy. You know, he's got an ankle bracelet on. The two models are doing blow. It's just, it's funny. Every time you talk to him, you're like, this guy's a, a fucking riot. When he's a comedic actor, like, um, no no shade or anything, but, like, that's kind of what he's known for. Sure. So whenever he's on the show, it's like, okay, so somebody who is funny all the time is on the show. Like, um, he just has great timing. He, yeah, he's just a, a real funny, and he's, he's great at that Hollywood type, like, the, the neuroses and I'm rich, it's my money. Yep. You know, it's not my dad's, it's mine. Where you're like, all right, all right, chill out. So, yeah, man, he's always getting the six-man award. I love it. His top line... IMDB is like incredible. I've talked about it before. I'll, I'll keep it super brief, but he's let been. Me, in... Let me guess. Is it just the four? So can I guess? He has 95 credits to his name, but try to guess like the well, four major films he's been in. 
Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're saying like if you go to his IMDb page, there's the four credits that they have on IMDb. Yep. Um, so Saving Private Ryan. Correct. Uh, Dazed Confused. Yep. Uh, man, I really thought I was going to do better than that because there's one that I'm missing. All right, what are the next two? A Beautiful Mind. I wouldn't have got that. And Zodiac. No, I wouldn't have got that. Damn it. Okay. Still though. Yeah, those are those are crazy. He's stacked. Uh, stacked. His scene in Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. is like one of the scary like i know he's got a million seats but the one where he gets killed yeah it is such a good scene for such a bad reason but you're just like oh my god that guy really he nailed it's made brutal. me feel it i know yeah dude <sighs> speaking of incredible actors what was your favorite johnny drama moment from this episode sean oh the favorite drama i mean again just getting kicked out of the hotel yep. i love when he was getting kicked out of the hotel that's drama to a t when I mean, it's hard because I like every single thing he does. He's easily my favorite character in the show. Just his character is so fun and so funny. And as soon as they figured out like what his character was going to be like, and they figured it out real quick, like, you know, probably even in like end of season one, but he's always so funny. But yeah, when he's getting kicked out of the hotel again, just getting in his own way, it's like, dude, what is wrong with you? And then there's another moment where he's, He's acting like he's all bummed out, and then it like, no, I'm t- I'm all right, turtle. And then it just pans over to him getting a foot rub by two <laughs> different women, drinking like some fancy champagne, and you're like, yeah, you are all right, you'd be yeah. okay. I'll see you at the premiere in my suit. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm here for free. I'm rich. It's all good. Yeah, same. I've got the meltdown at the hotel. It's the it's the best moment. He's like getting dragged out, and his feet are dragging underneath him like he is a 12 year old child throwing a temper tantrum it's hilarious that's what he's that's what he's doing and then he's trying he goes through the stages of grief like bargaining well we should go get my girl and they're like no you're out of here like a kid that went too far and you're like no you're gone you You don't get to do trouble you don't get to go have the fun that you could have had (laughs) what was the best ari moment of this episode where is my favorite ari moment oh yeah when he so you know when he's uh talking to harvey and Harvey's telling him like he how much he wants to kill him. And Dana can only see Ari in the back of Harvey. And he makes it look like him and Harvey are having a really good conversation. And then when he hugs him, and Harvey's like, What the fuck are you doing? And he's like, Hey, Harvey. And then he's laughing. That was my that was like such a hustler moment. Yep. Because you're just like, man, look at you. And and when he get, Vince is like, What are you doing? He goes, trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat for you, Vinny. Yep. We are <laughs> of one mind. You're, we're of one mind. That was my moment as well. His bid fate hug to mm-hmm. Like misdirect Dana Gordon, and he's always you don't realize until you watch the show as closely as this how hard he's working all the time. Always, dude. And then, you know, for that stint, uh, well, I guess I don't want it to, but like, you know, even when him and Vince aren't close, sure. he still is close. You know, he thinks about him like a son. So I love, I love their relationship because he really tries for him, and they make it very apparent throughout the show. Who besides Vince won this episode? Does Vince wins every episode? Okay. Uh, I think Billy Walsh wins the episode. Uh, again, he just he's one of those. Him and they put him in just enough to where you're like, man, I never get sick of this guy. And he's always doing something new. Okay. And he's always, I think I like a, a person like Billy Walsh because I, I don't have any of the same gears that he has. <laughs> like, I can't be a dick like that. I can't do that to people in public. I, I always try to be as nice and considerate as I can. And he just doesn't do any of that. So in this fantasy world, where I'm watching the show, I'm like, yeah, I want to be like that guy. I don't give a shit. I'm just, you know, I'm just a, like a starving artist piece of shit. And so he always steals it for me. He's great at that character. 
That's so interesting because I mentioned earlier, but I, I'm kind of sick of him at this point, and he does give off this like crazy creative energy that you know the boys just kind of roll with. And I was just, I don't know, I, I was happy to see him go at the end of this season. So I think we can like respectfully disagree here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love him. I always love him. Fair enough. I think uh, Johnny Drama won this episode. He didn't yeah. lose out on a seventy-five million dollar payday for the movie he's been busting his ass for for the past three years and he got laid on the French beach and that is a good point and he got some of that celebrity that he craved so much yes he they got to he got to fill the, the celebrity tank for a while you know the lesson of the day how can you love her I've known her long enough to know she doesn't have any of those things that would make me not love her doesn't bother you that she just wants to fuck you because you're a celebrity no I love it Nobody's ever wanted to sleep with me just because I'm a celebrity. It makes me feel wanted and validated all at the same time. So, we all miserable? Not in the slightest. <laughs> We're actually relieved. Yeah, well, I'm relieved to hear it. I'm not relieved. If that slimy Middle Eastern cocksucker fucks up this release, I'll kill him and I'll kill you too, all right? Hey! Yeah! Johnny! 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 Where are you? Hey, baby. Sorry, I'll explain later. I knew this was the only place I'd find you again. Come here. <laughs> I know, I love her. You're like, just yeah. Starved I for that. Yeah, I, I think it's so funny. It's such a funny through line with him. It's the best. He's the best. We talked about it every week. That's why we have a whole category dedicated to him. Totally. Okay, Sean, two more questions. Was this an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode? And you can do pluses and minuses. Uh, I'll say B-plus. I always okay. like the season finales. I always like the episodes where they're not in L.A. Mm-hmm. Those are always more fun to me yeah. because they, I don't know, just feels like, even in real life, I'm sure that they're trying a little harder where they're like, oh, shit, we like look at us. Here we yeah. are. So I like to think they're on location. It looked like they're on location. They, they were on location for every single scene in this episode there's i think there's yeah. one scene that they might have had to do in post where ari's on a balcony and it's very clearly green screened but yeah they were walking down the red carpet at tan with the b movie poster up behind them <laughs> yeah that's always fun to me like that that kind of uh idea because again that is that's one of one of the perks it's not just another stop on the block like this is you are you you're there you made it you're at this festival and then i always think of them in real life where i'm like okay so Look at, like, you know, it's Kevin Conley, Jerry Ferrara. They're all just hanging out off set, but there they are in yep. Can They made it as real people. They're still there chilling for work. <laughs> so it's kind of the same thing. And I, I always love that for the real people because they get to go to these real places on location and do their job and I bet have a blast. Oh, I, I can't imagine. Solid B for me. Not a B minus, okay. not a B plus. Same reasons on location, always great. A lot of wheeling and dealing. I guess the like <laughs> fact that the season ends like on essentially a wet fart noise is like a little disappointing. But when you're coming on the heels of No Can Do, which is like a top five entourage episode, it's hard to reach A level status. So I'll just give it a solid B. Yeah, and that's sadly the end of season four, folks. Uh, before we go, Sean, I asked this of all my first time guests, who are you in your own real life entourage? We, I mean, I, I'm sure you know, but we've talked about this all the time. I mean, there's every time we're talking or watching the show, we always like bounce around who we are. And I'm, I'm the only one that doesn't really have like a set who we think I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we say drama because I'm always the oldest, but <laughs> I think it ends up on Turtle because deep down in me, 
I always like everyone to get along. I always try to make things run smoothly for everybody. And I feel like Turtle does that. Like he wants everything to go smoothly. He wants everyone to be getting along. He's kind of like the glue. Like if two people are pissed, they're never both mad at Turtle. They're like, they can be mad at each other and Turtle can fix it. So I pride myself on being able to do that. And I also, Turtle just rules. I want to be like that. Like he's, you know, so I, excuse me, I like to think I'm most like Turtle. Glue dye. Glue dye of the group. Yeah, glue guy. I'm the glue guy. <laughs> Great answer. Great glue episode of Oh Yeah. Glue Man Group. That's, that's, there it is. <laughs> Great episode of Oh Yeah. Oh Yeah. Sean, thank you so much for joining us during your social distancing. Of course, man. Dude, I love, I love watching this show. I love talking about it. So if you ever, you know, I got nothing but time in the next two weeks. So hit me up. Definitely. And the next time I'm in LA, let's sit down together. I'd love to get you and Ian in a room and talk about it. The three of us, that might be a lot of fun. We'll, uh... I can't imagine that he wouldn't love to do that. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. That's what we do when you're not around. So perfect. Perfect. Where can the listeners of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah find you, follow you and or see you? Um, well, you can't really see me anywhere because of uh, what's happening. Sadly. But yeah, I think yeah. all my shows are going to be canceled. But uh, Sean S. Jordan on Twitter, Sean Cougar Mellon Jordan on Instagram. Uh, do a podcast with Ian Carmel and David Borey called All Fantasy Everything, which is very fun. Uh, we've loaded up a bunch of episodes, so we're not going anywhere at least for a month and a half. Um, so yeah, listen to that, please. If you need podcast content, we do a fantasy draft of things that uh, aren't sports. So like the Taco Bell menu, Amazing. you know, entourage episodes, if we could do that. But I think it'd be a very specific crowd. But, you know, just anything you can think of that's not sports and sometimes sports related. But we've drafted the mall. We drafted Taco Bell. We, yeah, we've drafted 185 different things so far. So hop on. I love it. Have a great rest of your week, Sean. And I hope to have you back soon. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me back at you. Yeah.